0: welcome to so what you're saying is I'm Peter Whittle now the trans debate which we have looked at so many times on this channel uh, seems to have been reaching a pitch lately uh, whether we like it or not and uh, indeed recently it would appear that there has been some real fight back first of all the infamous Tavistock clinic is going to close there have been various victories with people who are what is known as gender critical in the courts, and indeed in the sports industry, there has also been pushback when it comes to uh, trans participants. Uh, This all seems very good, but is it really? Um, I'm very glad that uh, my guest today is James Estes. Uh, James is the founder of Thoughtful Therapists, and he's also a campaigner and a social commentator. James, you pointed this out recently, that it appears to have been a good week, I think as you put it, uh, with all these various things happening. Um, It appears to have been a good week, Mm. what do you think?
1: Well, I tend to be cynical about these things, but you know, as a matter of fact, it has been Objectively, quite a good week, as you've touched upon some of these, these things. You know, we've had the Alison Bailey victory. In her case,
0: could you explain Alison Bailey for oh, obvious uh, what that was
1: about? Yes. Yeah, so she was she's a barrister. She was suing her chambers for discrimination based on an investigation that they launched into her off the back of complaints made by Stonewall. She was also suing Stonewall um, for discrimination. She she lost on that ground, but what it did was it uncovered the way in which Stonewall bully. Uh, and try and cancel people and you know uh, ruin their livelihoods their reputations so that brought that to light and you know she she was found to have been discriminated against by her barrister's chambers which is quite big um, you've mentioned sports yeah. yes we're seeing more and more sporting bodies coming on board with the way of thinking that actually biological males should not be competing against women we've seen the rugby and football union doing this which is particularly important for rugby being a contact sport because yeah women's health and safety is very much at risk if if men are allowed to play in those sports. Um, The Tavistock closure as well has been a long time coming. I mean, there's been significant concerns from whistleblowers for many years about the safety of the way in which children are being medicalised at the Tavistock. So its closure is also good. Uh, And equally, you know, in the leadership uh, competition for the Conservative Party, the, the trans debate has been on the agenda. Um, and we've seen both Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak make some positive soundings around protecting women's rights and safeguarding children. So it's been a good week, um, but the tide is turning far too slowly, in my opinion, overall. The, is,
0: that's presumably because the ideology now is so embedded, is it not? I mean, on in every area. I mean, you are a, is it right to say trainee therapist? Right? Trainee, trainee yes. therapist? Um In various different industries, I mean, obviously, and certainly in the, I'd say that the media as well has a hand in this, and that they sort of tend to push a kind of, a narrative too. Um, But can I ask you, with the Tavistock Clinic, Mm. can you just give us a, a, a synopsis of quite what was happening?
1: Well, as I say, there's been whistleblowers raising concerns about the clinic since, I think, 2005. But but basically what's come out in the the Hillary Cass interim report, this is a government commissioned report into gender services in the UK, is that the clinicians there seem to have uh, a completely nonchalant attitude towards Capturing any sort of data or research into the long term outcomes of these children who have been prescribed what is experimental medication at a very young age and then simply not following them down the path to see actually is the regret, you know, what are the long term physical, mental effects on them from this medication. Um, equally, there's been concerns from clinicians at the Tavistock who have left who are saying that basically they feel pressured or forced into affirming transitioning so if somebody comes in if a child comes in and says that they're trans that they want to transition that that clinician should not challenge or explore other options or contributing factors but should simply say yes you are trans and you should medically transition
0: which is sort of pretty unique isn't it surely i mean in the sense that i think you've pointed this out mm. that in fact uh, if it's if it's a mental condition you don't you generally go through quite a lot of therapy uh, before any kind of decision is made
1: Well, this is it. I mean, you know, the the, the principles underlying therapy, as with all the medical professionals, is about, you know, the Hippocratic Oath and not doing any harm. But crucially, you know, a therapist or a counsellor should never sit down in front of a client with a predetermined outcome. That's a core tenet of psychotherapy. But what we're having these days is the therapeutic bodies basically um, pressuring therapists into affirming. Um, and we wouldn't treat any other mental health condition in this way where we would affirm the distressing thoughts inside somebody's head or prescribe medication to change someone's body or surgery. I mean, I often compare it to, to body dysmorphia or anorexia. You know, we, we don't prescribe liposuction for that. Uh, there's another condition called body integrity identity disorder. This is a condition in which people feel that one of their limbs is wrong. It doesn't belong to them. Um, In this country, if somebody goes to a doctor and says, I don't like my arm, it doesn't belong to me, can you chop it off? The answer, of course, is no. And yes, there are young women out there, young girls and women, who are being given double mastectomies, simply because they're saying that they feel that they're trapped in the wrong body.
0: So, would you say that the NHS, for example, is also now enthralled to this general ideology?
1: I I would say so. I've, I've come across... NHS guidance online, which is using scientifically inaccurate language, for example, saying that somebody's sex is assigned at birth, which we know is not true. It's simply observed mm-hmm. and recorded. But this is ideological language making its way into the NHS. Uh, and yes, I mean, children, young people can avail of this irreversible treatment on the NHS. I'm particularly concerned about private clinics that have been springing up because mm-hmm. there's huge commercialization here. Um, and the use of euphemistic language. I've come across clinics websites who refer to double mastectomies as gender-affirming procedures, you know, which is trying to, in some way, take away from the fact that this is a, a significant, irreversible medical procedure. And there's a lot of money to be made out of this worryingly.
0: You mentioned money, though, as being a posi- with these clinics, as yes. being a, a, a possible motive, but what do you think is the motive? behind people whether it is at the tavistock clinic or people who teach kids in schools about gender ideology or all of these areas mm. what what is motivating them
1: you know, i've asked myself that quite a lot i think i think there has to be a diverse range of reasons i think i think for some people there are malicious or even ulterior motives I, but i think for most actually it's a combination of having been taken in by this ideology i mean as you alluded to yourself, Peter, this is everywhere. We're surrounded by it mm. in the media. You know, We've just come out of Pride Month yes. in which companies and the government are literally ramming this ideology down our throats. Um, and children and teenagers and university students are being brought up with this ide- ideology in you know, the forefront of their minds. So I think people have been taken in by it. I think for a lot of people, they're just terrified of saying the wrong thing. They're terrified of offending somebody. They're terrified of being canceled and having the mob. Come for them to try and cancel them effectively. Uh, I think it's um, it's a perfect storm in that in that respect. Mm. But ultimately, to me, the uh, the motive is irrelevant because the outcome, which is damage to children, is the same.
0: Yes, I mean it's just outright child abuse, isn't it?
1: Well, at the very least, it's I mean it's it's neglectful. But I I, I would say that a lot of the practices that are going on are are abusive. Um, In a sense, we've robbed children of of childhood, which is to be able to Mm. make mistakes and and grow without facing irreversible regret. I mean, children have have always had fads um, and been rebellious. And, you know, uh, often the comparison is made with kind of goth or emo culture, which seems to have died down over recent years. But, you know, children would go off and experiment with different ways of being and acting and talking and dressing and that was fine and then usually a few years later they'd realise that actually it wasn't that cool after all and they'd go and do something else you know and that's one of the wonders of childhood but nowadays this fad of being trans or non-binary and having your pronouns and transitioning socially can lead to irreversible regret and I've spoken to so many of these de who have lost parts of their body that they can yeah. never get back
0: yeah what worries me really is that it's we we're discussing this just before we came came on on air uh, that we're regressing aren't we in the sense that essentially if a kid now displays you know certain characteristics like you know boy playing with a doll or not being that rowdy being kind of quiet or possibly quite feminine or or a tomboy as they used to be called um, i remember growing up that basically uh, people would say, oh well they'll grow out of it or whatever or something like that now uh, basically, uh, they might go on, for example, to, become, to be gay adults, for example. but now it's, oh no, this person really is in the wrong body. And I often wonder, you know, when you occasionally see these clips on social media of parents who are claiming this of their tiny kids, I mean, I find it horrifying.
1: Well, you're right. We're we're regressing back to old stereotypes, which I thought we were trying to move away from as a liberal society. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I come across materials which tell young boys that if they like flowers, they could be a girl trapped in the the wrong body. Mm. But again, we have to go back to the source of this, which is the fundamental message children have been told about themselves and the world. I've come across primary school books and teaching resources uh, which tell children that when they were born, the doctor made a guess, that's the word in the book, made a guess at who they were, whether they were a boy or a girl, and that the doctor could have made a mistake. Mm. Now, immediately, what what type of message is that sending Mm. to a young, Mm. vulnerable child? Mm. Immediately, they're going to start thinking, well, could my doctor have made a mistake? You know, who am I? Mm. Uh, And if you're constantly being fed this diatribe of, well, if you like things that the other sex tends to like, then maybe you are trapped in the wrong body. We're leading children down this this one-way path, ultimately.
0: I think, you know, essentially there's, you know, gay people in the past, you know, fought against this idea that oh you know you're obviously a woman in a man's body and, and, and sort of fought against that no we are masculine men I know I certainly fought against that, um, but here we are seemingly back to square one uh, and uh, it's quite quite extraordinary and alarming um can I just go back to that point actually you mm-hmm. asked you what is the motive um, and you say there's a whole number of them and I suppose that one of those might well be that there are some people who are well-meaning, uh, you know, we have to sort of say this, you know, and, and think that they are being inclusive and all of this. I can't help feeling that it's, it's something a bit more than that, you know, that there is a political motivation behind so much of this, you know, in the sense, I don't know what you think of that, but in the sense that it's sort of good old march should institutions in a way that if you can destabilize people's sense of themselves if you can destabilize their belief in biology and science then you sort of you've got them right mm. as it were for whatever that might be but it seems to me that there is a political motive in the broadest sense i mean
1: well there are many aspects of this ideology that are cult-like yeah. um you know putting out misinformation mm. p- particularly to the youngest in society so again there's a charity I mean I use that term loosely called mermaids yes. I'm sure you've heard of and they have a podcast for the young listeners and they will say things like quote uh, there are men who have ovaries there are women who have prostates it's just mm. fact mm. that's it they just put it out there and of course the, you know a child who knows no better is going to believe that so there's a lot of misinformation being put out there there has been this kind of controlling of society. I mean, Stonewall and other organizations have played this strategically very well because they've managed to infiltrate almost every area of society, including government departments. Um, Again, we touched on Pride Month, the way in which this takes over our society for a month, which is ironic given that these individuals are claiming to be one of the most marginalized groups in society. Mm -hmm. And yes, they are out everywhere to be seen. And um, you know you can't uh, avoid the ideology being pushed in your face. There's also the cult-like behaviour in terms of those who stray away from the crowd. So we spoke about detransitioners earlier. I've spoken to some of those individuals, and as soon as they spoke out and said, actually, I shouldn't have been transitioned, what happened to me was wrong, they are completely ostracised by the trans community, Mm -hmm. even bullied, thrown abuse and slurs and, and vitriol. Very much this kind of, if you're not, with us, you're against us type attitude. Very, very divisive. And again, no wonder why people are terrified of stepping out of line and saying something that could offend.
0: Yes. Speaking of Stonewall, are they in retreat, do you think, or not? I mean, people, I think your average person would not have known what Stonewall was before. obviously it was a a highly respected sort of, you know, uh, organization to try to advance gay rights. I'm going way back now. But uh, now it's something else entirely. And the public actually are indirectly paying for it in many ways, aren't they? I mean, do, do you, when it comes to mm. you know going becoming consultants in government departments, and they're not cheap. Um, to some extent, it does seem like a kind of money-making exercise. Um, but are they sort of? Is there pushback against Stonewall or not?
1: there is and it, it's all their own doing actually you know as as somebody who speaks out quite strongly against stonewall they're doing a better job of undermining themselves than i ever could i mean just last week they yes. posted this tweet saying that two-year-olds could be trans um and they said that there was research to back this up whereas in fact there is absolutely no research whatsoever to back this up and then they kind of fudged this and kind of it wasn't really a retraction but they, they basically fudged it but that caused uh huge uh alienation between a lot of the departments and companies that held them in good esteem, actually. I mean, I I saw a tweet from uh, a minister um, for the Department of Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy who said that he was delighted to announce that his department would no longer be affiliated with Stonewall. This is actually quite revolutionary because a few years ago, these departments were hook, line and sinker in Stonewall's clutches. And if they were ever to kind of distance themselves from it, it would be done under the radar for fear of attracting abuse or attacks online. But here, ministers are coming out saying, thank God we're leaving Stonewall. Yes, so yes. I, I think Stonewall are on their way out. But again, the tide is turning too slowly on that as well.
0: Well, this is what, I mean, go back to my, I know I'm rather uh, like a dog with a bone on, on this point. What would make somebody put out something with no evidence saying that two-year-olds can be trans, right? Something absurd and incredibly damaging and all the rest of it. What would make them do that? You said it's, there's some people who may be malicious, or whatever. or it could just be they've got to keep going along on this track because it's very lucrative to them or you know all the rest of it, or is it again some kind of attempt to... Completely sexualized children in some way.
1: I think it could be all of the above. I mean there's
0: a child can't be trans now.
1: Well, even this term trans child we see being yeah. used a lot Again, I come back to the point that in order to transition in this country You have to be diagnosed with a mental health condition. Yeah. So, you know, why are we not saying child with gender dysphoria? Why are we saying trans child as if there's something immutable about them that can never be changed again you wouldn't call them a- an anorexic child you would say a child with anorexia yeah this is a condition but I, there's a lot of money to be made in it i mean we've seen organizations like stonewall every company and corporation has a diversity champion now and we've seen the you know huge increase in these kind of equity and equality roles springing up so it it is very lucrative on the sexualization point i mean it's clearly there for us to see Again, we were speaking about this just before we came on in terms of the kind of drag queen stuff. Um, yes, I was stuff. going to
0: ask because this is this comes under the umbrella presumably of inclusivity. Does it, you know, the drag queen mm. story time. I think there yes. was actually a protest by some people against one of these events last week. Um, but does that come under the, people will ask, why suddenly, what's behind it? Why is there this whole program in here and in America? Mm. Um, and uh, once he's often these kind of, very disturbing clips on social media, nowhere else. Um, is that under the banner of inclusivity? Is that why this is happening with kids?
1: Well, I think partly it's been conflated with entertainment. I mean, we've seen this kind of the, the drag stuff, the RuPaul, Drag Race, et cetera, kind of popping up. So that's, it's become more of a model of entertainment, although I wouldn't particularly think it's that entertaining. Um, that's just a personal view on it. But uh, yes, I think people are fearful of of offending again. Um, but it's, it's a bizarre situation. I mean, what what relevance is it? Mm. I'm all for children being read stories before bedtime. Why does it need to be from a a drag queen? I mean, I I saw recently and thankfully they rode back on this after myself and others spoke out about it, but the, the college of nursing and midwifery was running a drag time story event for children. And I, I sent a message to them on Twitter saying, firstly, what is the relevance of this to your work? On, on, you know at all it's got nothing to do with what you do so why are you pushing this and secondly you know have you carried out risk assessments and safeguarding assessments and and why do you feel it's appropriate to have children being influenced by this type of material again some of the videos that you, you know you, you've referred to uh i saw one the other day i think it was from america in which there's a, a drag queen on the stage and they invite a, a young child up to basically dance for money And the child is dancing and gyrating this child cannot be more than five six years old and people are throwing money at the Mm. stage at this child Mm. and the drag queen at the end says look how much money you've made off this isn't it excellent i mean this is the very definition of sexualizing our children Mm
0: -hmm. but also i saw one of a drag queen just then open his legs completely and display his genitals on stage you know this i think this was it was in somewhere in middle america um i'm just always I'm just, you know,
1: bewildered by
0: seeing all of these young young parents sitting around clapping and whatever. I just I don't get it.
1: Well, there's an inconsistency there because we know that the government for example are looking to clamp down on underage use of pornography. Mm. That would seem to be, uh, you know, a good ambition and aim to try and avoid sexualizing children too young. And yet I've come across many MPs who are willing to speak out in favour of drag queen story time for these children, it's fundamentally inconsistent. So yes, we do need to ask, well, why is this? What is going on here? Have you, I mean, you have had consequences, haven't you?
0: For, you know, your beliefs in this and and for for speaking out. I mean, really quite serious ones, James, aren't they? I mean, can you you explain what's happened to you?
1: Yes, so I, I was training as a psychotherapist, I was doing a master's degree I'd been a a children's counsellor at Childline for about five years. I I was on the cusp of setting up a private practice last year. This is basically what I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing. But I became concerned about this gender ideology, about medicalising children. I wrote a petition to the government as part of this ban on conversion therapy that they were speaking of, and I basically said to them, if you're going to ban this, please can you safeguard explorative therapy for children Mm. who are struggling with their gender? and for that, in May of last year, out of nowhere, I received an email from the, the deputy CEO of my, my university institution telling me that I was expelled from my master's degree with immediate effect for bringing the profession into disrepute.
0: Really? And, well, what about, you know, the, as it were, regulatory bodies in the area? What, what, what about them? Did they not come to your aid or?
1: Uh, the, the exact opposite, actually. Uh, I I put in a a data subject access request, and I saw communications between my regulatory body to my training institution, basically saying, we're very concerned about this student, Um, you know, reading between the lines, can you do something about it? And within a few days of that email being sent, I was expelled. So it seems as if they may have been in cahoots with one another.
0: This basically, you know, you you cancelled. Yeah, essentially, a sort of cancellation, but where does this leave you then? Does this mean that you can't, for example, go on to be a therapist, or you know, has it stymied your career?
1: Well, at the moment, I'm in limbo. I mean, I'm, I'm taking litigation against these institutions, which we can come to in a moment. But yes, I'm. I... At the moment, I've got no training course. In fact, it was the only training course that I was able to do because it was on weekends and it allowed me to keep a roof over my head with my job and and pay my bills. Um, There isn't really any other suitable course that I can do. Um, And as I said, the regulatory bodies that I need to be registered with seem to have been completely captured by this ideology. But it was very, I mean, it was immediate cancellation. I, I remember the email dropped into my inbox and I thought this has to be some sort of awful mistake. And I went to respond to the email and I discovered that my university email address had already been blocked within a second of them having sent the email to me. I tried to go onto the online portal to look at policies because no one had supplied me with policies or evidence. My access to that had been blocked as well. And then the same evening, I went on to my institution's Twitter account and they had publicized my expulsion for mm-hmm. everyone to see. As if... You um, discouraged
0: the, the others almost.
1: Well, it must have been because alongside it, they put out what they called a statement of solidarity with the LGBT community, you know, setting me against them in some way, mm. trying to portray me as some sort of enemy mm. of mm. the LGBT community. Um, but it was, I mean, it was it was bizarre. I still can't quite believe it happened because they, they flouted all their policies. I, I, when I finally got hold of a policy, I saw that the grounds for immediate expulsion from this institution yeah. without appeal or hearing included sexually assaulting another student on campus or defrauding the institution. I mean, that's what they were comparing what I was doing to. And all I was doing was simply saying, I have concerns about children's welfare. Can we talk about this? Do you think that uh, you
0: are quite unusual in your beliefs in that field or not? Or other people, did you think, are oh, other people are pretty much on your side but wouldn't say anything?
1: I mean, there's, there's a lot of the therapeutic community that have been taken in by this ideology. Um, I've come across online uh, groups and fora where when they discovered that I'd been expelled, they were having mini celebrations about that fact. So th- there are therapists out there who are very happy to push this ideology. Um, there's others who are just too scared to speak out. I, there are a number of individuals from my course who I know think a similar way to the way that I do, but they don't say anything because They want to qualify and 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 they want to practice Mm. so they're having to keep their heads down and i i understand that you know if everyone who spoke out was cancelled then there wouldn't be any decent therapists left so we do need some good therapists to make it through kind of Mm. under the radar as it were but i mean it's a disgrace you know therapy of all professions when we're dealing with mental health complex Mm. controversial sensitive topics we need to be able to talk about these things But for a training institution to throw a student under the bus for raising concerns about children, I think is a disgrace. The
0: thing you founded uh, Thoughtful Therapist Mm. is, I mean, I don't, I'm just a genuine question, I don't know. But is it a sort of an attempt to maybe build something alternative to what you might call the establishment?
1: yeah it's it's look it's a small grassroots initiative it's primarily there to raise concerns about gender ideology seeping into the therapeutic community we mentioned the conversion therapy legislation that the government were looking to pass you know at one point they were looking to include gender identity in the definition of the legislation that still might happen we don't know the legislation hasn't reached the house of commons yet but if that happened it could risk criminalizing ethical therapists who simply want to explore rather than affirm children who say that they're trans so we're concerned about that we're trying to speak out against the ideological capture of the therapeutic bodies that regulate us again i know a number of qualified therapists long-standing therapists who have been dragged through disciplinary processes for speaking out about these things as well so we're concerned about the direction the therapy in general is going and i'm trying to also build more of a, a database for want to better words for therapists who are going to yes uh, behave ethically and exploratively rather than simply affirmatively I have parents reach out to me on an almost daily basis saying do you know any therapists who are not simply going to tell my child that yes they should take irreversible hormones mm. you know there's parents out there are desperate to find some some balanced uh help for their children mm. um so I'm I've lost a lot of faith in the therapeutic community in this country I mean when did you originally decide you wanted to be a therapist? Um, Well, I practiced as a barrister in crime and I'd worked in the civil service in crime and justice for many years. Uh, It started when I began volunteering at Childline as a counsellor, which is something that I'd always wanted to do, and I found it so fulfilling helping young people with whatever they might be struggling with in life. I decided that I wanted to basically spend the rest of my life um, doing that. Um, Interestingly, a few weeks after I was expelled from my university, Childline also gave me the boot after five years of volunteering for them. Um, it's 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 really quite concerning but mm. and you know so, some of the, the the abuse that I get online I mean look I'm not the only one but it's particularly painful because I went into this field and I spoke out because I care about children's welfare yeah. and I've got people online saying to me that by speaking out I'm a, you know, a child abuser yeah, I've had yeah. people call me that mm. um, that's particularly painful to read
0: mm. I mean, it's possibly in these situations a good thing to stay off social media, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, the amount, particularly with the trans people, the amount of disgusting abuse people get if they cross them is quite extraordinary, isn't it?
1: It is. And, I mean, I know others who've had it far worse mm. the death threats, um, the vitriol. I mean, but. The, <laughs> In some ways, it, it washes over me more and more these days. You know, it's, it's very easy to throw the word transphobic or, or bigot around. Mm. Those have become two a penny, really. They've mm. kind of almost lost all, all meaning. But I, I find the bigot insult very interesting because these individuals obviously haven't looked up the dictionary definition of what a bigot is, mm. which is an intolerance to other people's beliefs and opinions, and I would always advise those people to read a dictionary and possibly have a, a long, hard look in the mirror because they may mm. well be describing themselves.
0: Oh, yes, yes. They are the th- very thing they accuse you of is becoming quite a a saying, isn't it? Um, Would you say that, I mean, were you a political person before? Or would you say, this has this politicised you in any way, do you think?
1: Well, it's kind of taken over my life. I mean, prior to this, I just wanted to keep my head down, get my qualification and and do a vocation that I was extremely passionate about. But I found with this topic that once you have your eyes open to it, you cannot unsee it. You know, when I speak to the parents who have been alienated from their children through these online communities, when I speak to detransitioners who have had their breasts cut off and can never have them replaced again, um, when I come across some of the horrific materials that have been taught in schools to our young children, uh, I, I, I don't see how I can ever stop campaigning and advocating and speaking out against this because the stakes are far too high. I mean, I say that this is the issue of our time and there's a hell of a lot of dangerous and worrying things going on in the world at the moment. But to have an ideology sweep the globe mm. and have such profound impacts on women's safety, on children's wellbeing, on fairness in sports, on freedom of speech. I think this is the issue of our time.
0: Yes. And also the mere fact that sort of amazingly enough, we that we have this situation where people find it so hard to define a woman. Oh, actually, no, it's been even crazier than that. The uh, a Labour front bench spokesman, Dawn Butler, I think it was, once talked about kids being assigned. But you know, this is a, a science hmm. expert. Yes. Uh, this is a a would-be minister. Uh, I, I, I think extraordinary. With one big exception, as we've just had the lionesses winning, you know, the football. Suddenly, everyone knows what a woman is. <laughs>
1: Do you not it extraordinary? No, it's 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 um it's pathetic, really. It demonstrates the utter hypocrisy that they've got. Uh, and in many ways, I think a lot of these individuals, these politicians, uh, go whatever way the wind blows, whatever they feel, paint them in the best light with their supporters, even if it means avoiding you know uh, absolute truths, yeah. even if it means flouting evidence, biology, and science. They'll say whatever they have to in that moment.
0: You mentioned uh, earlier litigation, Uh, what stage are you at actually
1: at the moment? Um, Well litigation is very expensive Mm. and I had to crowdfund the money for it, I mean the the response I got was incredible, Um, the generosity of complete strangers who who know nothing about me other than this. Um, I've managed to raise currently around £100,000 towards this. Um, I'm not the only one, there's many other cases who have been crowdfunded, it demonstrates the strength of feeling that Mm. exists out there. and people who don't have a voice themselves. I'm kind of, I think in many ways, a vehicle for their voice to be heard. Um, so I'm I'm suing my training institution, which is called the Mesanoia Institute. It's, it's a standalone therapeutic institution and my former regulatory body, which are called the United Kingdom Council for Psychotherapy. I'm suing them both for discrimination um, against my beliefs, my, my gender critical beliefs. Um, I'm taking them to the employment tribunal. Um, we had a preliminary hearing a month ago and we're waiting for the outcome of that. Um, but this one way or the other is going to be going to trial, um, right. possibly not until next year. Yeah. Um, but I will have my day in court. Absolutely. Uh, in the meantime, it's a little bit uh, a stressful thing, isn't
0: it, living with? <laughs> waiting for you or not. Um, it's, it's good to know that so many people are going to uh, put their money where their mouth is, you know, and support you.
1: Well, I... It, you know, being truthful that has added to the pressure of it, because, yes, you know, if, yes. if this were privately funded, okay, it's my money. Um, but now I feel that I am representing other people. Uh, you know, I, d- I don't want to let them down. I'm taking this action as much to stand up for all the other people out there and yes. to say to educational institutes and employers, you cannot treat people like this. You cannot curtail the free speech as, as much as I'm doing it for my own personal justice. So, um I, I want to get the right outcome for all of my supporters, but I'm just happy I'm going to have my my day in court um, and be able to, you know, stare at these people from across the room who've who've done this to me um, and seek justice. Because unfortunately, litigation should be the last resort, mm. but mm. for many of us these days, it is the only resort, and it's the only way that these people are going to be taught a lesson that they cannot treat others like yes. this.
0: Yes so where do people if they want to contribute to your crowdfund or how do they do that I mean what do they what should they go to your do you have a website
1: if if they type in James S's into Google the top hit will be my crowd justice page which has um, all the information about the case and they can make a donation if they'd like to and keep up to date with the case Uh, I'm active on on Twitter as well which is just my name James S's thoughtful therapists we also have our own website that's thoughtfultherapists.org and i'm always happy for people to reach out to me as well if they need support or if they've got their own stories to tell it's important that i keep listening to the people whose lives have been directly affected by this ideology
0: great i have to say i mean uh, you know all power to you for you know your day in court of course um the thoughtful therapist thing i think you're onto something there in the long term i mean you know this idea which i tend to talk about a lot of alternative institutions and alternative bodies that people can go to. I think, you know, you should really go with that. That's Mm. my piece of unsolicited advice. I mean, for the future, I mean. Uh, I think I'll take that advice. Could be very big. Thank you very, very much indeed. Thank you, Thanks for coming on. Uh, That's uh, James S there. You got all those addresses. Um, That's it for this week. Um, We shall see you next time. Thank you very much. Hello. If you're enjoying the New Culture Forum channel, and you believe in our mission, may I invite you to join our membership scheme at the link below or on our website newcultureforum.org.uk Our work is more important now than ever and we have great plans ahead for the future but we can't do it without your support. From as little as three pounds per month you can help ensure that we continue on our mission. As a member you'll receive a range of benefits including access to exclusive content, invitations to our private events, including here at our studios, free copies of our books and much, much more, including, of course, our famous NCF mug. If you aren't able to become a member, then please help us by clicking this button and subscribing to our channel. It's completely free. Just remember to also click the bell icon So that you can get notifications when we post new videos. Thank you.